Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Janet Stolfiofano, who's the executive director of the Connecticut Diaper Bank. Hi. Hello. It's so good to see you I in know. person. I know. It's been a while since we've done the Pete Mazzetti Show thing. What's new? Yes, it has been a little bit. Well, as you can imagine, we've been pretty busy uh, getting diapers to babies and families in Connecticut. Yeah. and. It's probably been since before COVID yeah. that we met in person, but right. we certainly have been really busy ramping up distribution uh, to families in need who are suffering during the economic uh, crisis that COVID caused. Mm -hmm. And then also expanding some of our programming to include now uh, incontinence products for seniors, right. period supplies. So we've really been busy um, just getting stuff to families who need it. Absolutely. Now tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been with the Diaper Bank and exactly how the Diaper Bank got started. Sure. So I started with the Diaper Bank in 2007. Okay. Um, out of grad school and I saw an ad for the Diaper Bank and I hadn't heard of the Diaper Bank and I didn't even know what it was. And it was a little bit of a joke in our house because my youngest son was three at the time and we had just finished potty training him. So uh -huh. we made a joke like, we don't want anything to do with diapers. Yeah, right. But I was intrigued by the mission uh, and really just wanted to learn more about it. And so really the rest is history. I applied and interviewed and I said, I don't care how much this job pays, I really want to work here because the thing that really struck me the most was that it was a very concrete thing to be providing to a family in need and the organization also cared about how that happened and what are the policy implications and how can we work to distribute those diapers and really impact the policy and and the understanding and raising awareness of why something like this happens to families. Right. Now as far as the organization goes. How did you guys handle COVID from when it first started to where we are now? Yeah, so, you know, obviously, like so many people, in the beginning, there were just so many unknowns. We did not understand what the, you know, short and long term implications were. But right in the beginning, when we knew things were going to start shutting down, we immediately went into overdrive. Right. And how we work is through partners. So we get the diapers to trusted organizations that are working with low-income families across the state of Connecticut in every okay. county. And we reached out to our partners you know, to understand, are they gonna be closing? Can we get some emergency supplies out very quickly to make sure that the families are supported during this you know, really uncertain time? And so that's exactly what we did. Um, just distributed extra product to our partners who could reach the families. And then when some of those partners did start, you know, closing the buildings or losing access to their facilities, our partners were tremendous. And some of them, the workers, because they wanted to make sure that they were in touch with the families, yep. they actually took the distributions at their home to drive to the families. Really? Yes, so oh, cool. many of our partners were such incredible um, heroes that they wanted to make sure that families had the things that they needed and that also they were able to keep in touch with a family with very young children. You know, being a new parent, a new mom can be isolating sometimes, even in the best of circumstances. Right. And for the families that we are serving, that isolation can be even more difficult and add COVID onto that mix. So 
really, it truly, our partners were a lifeline to so many of those families, where it was still a way to check in, even from a distance. You know, they did lots of visits uh, through the door on the porch mm -hmm. and, and gave the, you know, left the diapers there. But drop and go. Drop and go, but at least had that a little bit of communication and conversation and could do a check-in on the families um, in such a difficult time. So truly they are, they were just the heroes of that and they don't get enough credit and we are so proud to be partnering with them all. Now how many associates do you have at the diaper rack? Um, our staff, yeah. we are now a staff of 10. Ooh. Yeah, so we've, we've grown um, over the past few years. Okay. Um, and we are truly, um, truly grateful to have enough staff capacity to meet the, really, the great need that existed even before COVID and the growing need that resulted from it. Right. You know, and so we are able to raise more diapers with diaper drives and also you know get our trucks on the road more frequently so that we can do more distributions to Connecticut families through all of our partners across the state. Now you guys have partners in each county correct? Every county correct. Nice. Yes. And usually yes. probably a couple dozen partners in each um, well, we were because we started out in the greater New Haven area, right. we have the most concentration of partners there, but we are growing them in other areas um, as well. Right. Yeah, and one, um, one exciting new, newer partnership that uh, grew out of um, emergency distribution during COVID mm -hmm. was with the um, Connecticut Office of Early Childhood. We've partnered with them to distribute diapers to all of the families being served by um, home visitors. Oh, so cool. yeah, so the Office of Early Childhood has home visiting programs um, that they contract with who are doing those, you know, uh, weekly or monthly visits to families with very young children who have uh, different t needs. And so we are proud to be partnering with OEC, the Office of Early Childhood, to be getting, you know, diapers and other basic needs and supplies to those families. So it grew out of COVID and we're hopeful that, you know, we know that folks at our state understand and recognize the importance right. of efforts like this and hopefully we can figure out how to continue that work moving forward. Absolutely. But we're really excited and proud of that work with them. And that started recently? So uh, it started during the beginning of COVID okay. um, and then um, again, started up again very recently. Cool. Yes. Awesome. Yes, we're really excited about that. Now, you and I have a, fr a friend in common with Tina Bascom at Bare Necessities. My oh, buddy yes. at Bare Necessities. Yes. You know, we are lucky to uh, live in a state that has so many uh, caring community members, and certainly there's so much need that exists in our state that oh, we're yeah. lucky that so many people care so much about this issue. So, absolutely. Now, I'm sure you and I agree that during the start of COVID, we did a lot of Zoom meetings and a lot of <laughs> Zoom interviews. We did. It was no fun. <laughs> we did. It, it, was, it, it was no fun. We did. We did. I mean, you know, it's interesting in that I think at times it felt like we were in Zoom meetings all day long or Zoom oh, yeah. interviews. and. It was tricky. I am also grateful for it because right. at least it was a way to, you know, to see folks yeah. as close as face to face as we could get. Exactly. Um, but it did make us think about what are the opportunities that we have, you know, as a statewide organization, 
we, we don't have to spend all of our time on the road. We can do you know, some yeah, meetings right. over Zoom to engage more folks in this important work. Wow. Now, how, now are you guys doing the diaper drives in person now, or is everything still virtually? We, uh, a little bit of both actually. Okay. Yep. Right. We do, we have some um, groups and organizations doing diaper drives and certainly there are folks who love to do that in person. It's such a wonderful way to engage folks in the work who are maybe newer to the work um, and they want to learn more about it and this is a really concrete way for them to get involved and engaged. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a great opportunity. It's also a great way for us to, to get more diapers to families. And also some folks just prefer to still participate virtually, which is also an option. And in some ways, you know, we can make uh, a virtual option where folks are donating dollars, we can make those dollars stretch a little bit farther because we're purchasing in bulk. We're purchasing diapers by the truckload. So as opposed to going to Target to, for buying something, right. you know, a case for $25, we can make that go a lot farther than the average person. So certainly both options are wonderful. Um, and we're, we're still doing a little bit of both of those. So you can turn dollars into diapers. We turn dollars into diapers. <laughs> we wish we had that ability, but exactly. absolutely. Exactly, exactly. Now tell us about your facility. Do you guys, you guys do all the packing and everything there? Obviously that's where everything comes in, yes. gets sorted, and then goes back out? Yes, absolutely. So we are in North Haven right on State Street. We have an office and warehouse there. Okay. And we are, we actually just had a truck delivered today. Ooh. Yep, so we um, unloaded a semi, tractor trailers worth of diapers, which typically is around 250 to 300,000 diapers. And those come, you know, pre-packed and ready to go out. So we're, we'll literally be putting an order for an agency together um, and then sending it out on our truck to be delivered to a local community or, or social service organization. But we also do, you know the diaper drives that community groups do, yep. those diapers come to our uh, volunteer space and we have volunteers that help us count, sort, and repack those so that those can go out for distribution as well. Oh, cool. Yes, and we have some open opportunities uh, for volunteer groups to come in, which uh, we will post on our website. We can certainly um, share that information some you know, during the week, but we'll have a few Saturdays um, we're open volunteers, so if folks want to just pop in on a Saturday and volunteer, we certainly have those opportunities as well. Now, when people want to pop in on a Saturday and volunteer, what can they expect to do? Yeah, so that's such a great question. You like that, huh? I do. I love there that. There you go. Um, so they can be counting diapers. We also package them in certain quantities, and so they may be sorting and repacking them, and we have a portable repacking and sealing machine okay, um, so cool. they could be putting stickers on the diapers um, just to annotate or notate the size um, things like that and it's really a great way and a hands-on opportunity for you know a school group a church or community group a corporate group right. we have a lot of corporate groups come through who are interested in engaging their uh, employees in some kind of you know volunteer day or corporate volunteer structured event right. and we can accommodate groups like that as well cool yes very nice and it's really you know it's a good opportunity to do something hands-on while learning and understanding about the work right. and then they can see the scope and scale of our operation because I think um, sometimes folks don't don't realize um, you know how 
how large our operation is. So it's a good opportunity for folks to, to take a look at the warehouse and see how that all works. Now how does the warehouse work? Obviously everything comes in and everything's so we have get sorted. Gets sorted out. So like I said, we had a truck today. Yep. Um, so that gets unloaded and then sorted by size. Um, and then orders get um, distributed to our partner agencies. So those get the truck, a different truck that we're using gets loaded up and then driven around the state to get those diapers to folks. But we're always counting and sorting and you know doing inventory management type activities and just making the best use of our space. So there's a lot of literal and physical moving parts um, in the warehouse. And we have a great team that is um, in charge of that. So it's really wonderful to see. Would you mind sticking around for another segment? Sure. We'll be right back. Hey, Bobo, do trees tell each other stories? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, why don't we go find out? Listen. Do clouds take naps? I couldn't tell you. Dad, do stars visit their friends? Look! You matter. You matter. You matter. And your words matter too. Your words matter. What you say in the hallways at school or in the student section at a game matters. Words can be hurtful. Words can be offensive. Words can leave scars. Words can also inspire. Support and uplift. You and your words. Are they both important? As, As a matter of fact, yes. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti sitting here with Janet Stolfi Alfano, who's the executive director of the Connecticut Diaper Bank. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank Happy you. to be here. Thanks for sticking around. So if people need diapers, how can they get them? Yes. So that's a great question. So as I uh, was talking a little bit about before, mm -hmm. we have great partnerships with organizations across the state of Connecticut. Okay. And if somebody were to be in need um, and they weren't sure where to go or what to do, certainly they can do a few things. One, they could check out our website, thediaperbank.org. Okay. There's a list of uh, partner organizations through which we distribute. And some of them might be connected to that organization already, but they're just not connecting it to the diapers. But they can also give us a call because what we can do is just uh, ask them a few questions about where do they live, what other kinds of services are they receiving. Right. And just you know, do a little bit of um, a mini interview, and try and then determine which partner would be the best fit for them, and then just connect them directly with that partner. But cool. Yeah. So the reason that we work with um, partners is because we can actually reach more families and children that way than if we were to say, you know, take uh, walk-ins at our location. It's really much more effective and efficient for us to work with trusted partners who are already working with so many families across the state of Connecticut right. and they have relationships with those families. And so we just want to add to what they're already doing um, as opposed to making a family go somewhere else for services. We're bringing the diapers to the place where they're already going, where they have those trusted relationships. And so we can, again, reach more children that way. Cool. Yeah. So what, what, el what, else, are we what else are we up to with the organization? Yes, yeah, so we're always thinking about how to increase our impact 
and meet more of the need that exists in the state and we do that in a number of different ways by you know doing diaper drives like we talked about mm -hmm. and increasing uh, volunteerism and of course we raise funds through individuals we write grants we throw events and we are stay tuned we are hopefully going to be announcing soon our upcoming event in the fall okay um, and we'll We'll let you know when that uh, when that happens. That means happens. you got to come back on. With I'll you. have you to know come that, back. Right? Absolutely, you know that, right? absolutely, I'll be back. But certainly, anything folks can do to raise awareness or help us raise funds to meet more of the need that exists in the state, uh, there's a lot of ways to get involved. Now, how easy is it to do if you're you're an independent person yes. and want to do a diaper drive? Yes. How easy is it? It's so easy. We actually have a kit. Of course you do. We have a kit, um, but it, it is easy, and we have you know a lot of years of experience, um, and have learned from lots of those opportunities in the past. Where you know it's a great thing to set a range of time to mm -hmm. do a diaper drive because it might not be something that you have you know in your pantry if you don't have a young child. So right. folks need a little bit of time to maybe purchase the correct item. Um, go to the store, bring it to the drive. Um, it's a really easy, easy way, again, to do something in person or virtual. But we have a lot of information on our website, including a kit with the materials and marketing materials that you would need in order to do that. And I'm sure the in-person is a lot more fun than, than the virtual. Absolutely, <laughs> a lot more fun. <laughs> Absolutely. So as far as when do you guys, how are you guys doing to this day with what's going on handling COVID and your, yeah. your warehouses are open and the yes. employees back? And yes, so, so yes, uh, thank you for asking. We actually didn't close at all. Um, really? So, but we did, you know, any staff that didn't need to be on site mm -hmm. stayed at home, but my warehouse team and myself, we actually stayed throughout. Um, and gradually folks have come back, but some folks still, you know, are hybrid, so they'll come in a few days, or um, I have uh, one who is, is remote most of the time. Okay. But so that there wasn't really a shutdown or slowdown. Mostly now it's um, growing the team, seeing how our partners are doing. You know, there are many organizations who lost staff, whether it was due to illness or funding oh, yeah. and so we are just working with the partners to make sure that families can get the things that they need so whether it's onboarding new partners um, just ensuring that there's no disruption to the things that folks need across the state that's something that we're really focused on right now um, certainly we know that folks are still being impacted by the economic uh, efforts from COVID that folks, some folks lost jobs. They were in industries that were most severely impacted, like you know the restaurant industry and mm -hmm. the service industries. Okay. And again, the folks who already are in a lot of whom are in need of our services already. And so this had the most severe impact on those folks. Now we talked about we didn't talk about this yet. How are you guys funded? So we have some state funding. Okay. We also have some uh, emergency COVID monies, whether it's through. Uh, ARPA yep. um, and in some through housing. We also, you know, write grants. Okay. We have um, lots of individual donors um, and fundraising events that either we hold or that folks hold on our behalf. So 
really a wide range, and that's necessary, that it's important for all of those segments to be participating in the provision of this basic need. You mm -hmm. know, the government, nonprofit, individuals, um, organizations, corporations, civic and community groups, it's important that they each have a role to play in making sure that folks' basic needs are met. Now, how did the idea of the organization come about? So, when we started to, you asked me about this and I didn't even answer, so thank no. you for bringing it up again. That's okay. Thank you. So, in 2004, um, a social worker by the name of Joanne Goldblum, she worked as a social worker who did home visits to families in New Haven and sure. saw so many who really lacked access to basic needs. You know, things like diapers, toilet paper, cleaning supplies, all of the items that are not uh, funded under any governmental type of program. Right. And so it was something that she brought up all the time at work and at home and, and finally, you know, a group of friends um, got together to buy some diapers to give to local community organizations. And it was out of her home that the first distributions took place. And she partnered with five organizations that were working with low-income families in New Haven, okay. and they bought the diapers for those organizations. Oh, cool. They came to their house, you know, one Saturday out of the month, and they gave those folks diapers to give to the families who needed them. So from those five organizations to now, you know, the over 100 that we partner with across the state, um, we certainly have grown, and that the issue is now one, you know, that is recognized across the country. Right you know, by, by her work and by the work of many others who are working on this. And I'm sure, especially now with, during the summer with the kids home, people go through diapers a lot quicker than during the school year. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, there are certainly um, regulations around how often you have to change your diaper when, you're, when your child is in childcare. Mm -hmm that can actually sometimes be more frequent than you might change your child at home. Right. So, um, yes, and one thing that we do know is that some of the partners uh, that folks normally access services on close during the summer. So oh, no. some of the school-based programming right. or yeah. you know certain faith-based programs that just don't have the funding to staff through the summer mm -hmm. may close. Uh, during that time. So it, it can be that there's an increased need because of those types of closures. And that, that's got to be difficult. For families, absolutely. That's got to be tough. Absolutely. I mean, one thing that we try to do with our partners who may be in that situation is, you know, give the supply, the whole supply for the summer so that mm -hmm. uh, the organization can give the family even more of a supply knowing that they might not be open during that time frame. Right. Yeah. And then once the Schools go back in the session, probably people probably, everything probably opens back up again. Absolutely. All the programs. And yes. Yep. All the programs and everything. Yeah. What else do we want to talk about? What other? Oh, let's see. So we, you know, of course there's all this going on. We're trying to get back to where we were before COVID. Mm -hmm. We know that we're not quite there yet. And then here we have supply chain issues with formula. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. So we had been working on that as well because so many of the families that we serve, as you can imagine, there's a need for diapers. Uh -huh. There's also a need for formula. Of course. And we had already been working on this issue because of um, COVID-related economic hardship. 
And so we had a little bit of a supply that we had been able to, during the, the current crisis, distribute to uh, the families that, we, that need it through our network. So, but we also know that it was so important for us to reach out to our elected officials to say, mm -hmm. this is really important to the families and here's what's happening to them. Um, and we are lucky in Connecticut that we have folks who really listen um, and understand and put forward policy solutions to think about you know, the urgent situation right now with formula, but also how can we change it so that this situation doesn't happen again? That if there's a supply chain issue, you know, the one supplier who is distributing almost 80% of the formula in Connecticut um, isn't responsible for the malnutrition of so many because so many relied on that. Right. You know, so it's important, and we are, again, lucky that we have the delegation that we have who really is listening to that. Absolutely, and I'm sure you guys deal with the state legislature as well. Absolutely. Yes, and we've been, you know, something really exciting that we worked on over the past year mm -hmm. um, is menstrual equity legislation, okay. which is going to improve access to period supplies for um, folks in school, okay. in colleges, universities, uh, community colleges, jails, prisons, as well as uh, shelters across the state. And we'll be working with state leaders to help with the implementation of that as well. So we're really excited about the coalition that worked to pass that and what the role, what our role will be uh, moving forward to help make sure that gets implemented. We're about to run out of time, but before we do, one more time with the website, if people want more information, where are they going? Sure, uh, thediaperbank.org, um, or we can be reached 203-934-7009. Janice Stolfi-Alfano from the Diaper Bank of Connecticut. Thanks for some time, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. On behalf of Janice Stolfi-Alfano, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks, good night, and we'll see you next time.